0: I'm Aria Schwartz here with my co-hosts Rachel Galligan and Gabe Ibrahim and welcome to the Windsider Show where it's all about the W. This is an emergency podcast. Like our show, please consider joining our Patreon community for less than a cup of coffee a month. You can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the W. The CBA has finally been agreed upon, and now it's time for the Windsider show to discuss. Uh, as the youngest member of our crew of the of the show, I'm gonna let Gabe go first with your initial reactions and thoughts of the new CBA.
1: Well, I I think it's amazing that we have a CBA. I mean, we were all freaking out, I think, earlier in the week because uh tomorrow or is it yeah tomorrow is the first day that uh teams can start talking to free agents so i think everyone's getting a little antsy about whether or not there's going to be a new cba so just to have one is is great just so we know what we're working with just so we know you know what what the compensation is and all and all this other jazz and you know i think it allows us to move forward in the season as far as the deal itself i, I think when it first was announced you Know, I woke up and I'm sick, so I woke up and I was like, I'm not going to work. And then I looked at my phone, and um, it, it there was a, a tweet from uh, Good Morning America that Chenea Gumake and Kathy Engelbert are going to be on the show, so it became very clear that the new CBA is getting announced today. So I, I'm fighting through the sickness to uh, hopefully bring you guys some news because it, it, it's just such a big deal. And I think what we found out was that the WNBA is betting on women, they are betting on this league they are investing in this league the entire point of the CBA is to invest in the league and have the players also invest in this league because I think one of the things that was a problem that um, the WNBA PA brought up and WNBA brought up was that uh, players aren't necessarily invested in this league they have to go overseas they have to go do um, they have to have off-season jobs just to make really ends meet not even you know to make a lot of money just to make enough money to, to have a comfortable living and the kind of living that you would want as a professional basketball player, this CBA shows that the league understands that and is going to um, start compensating these players as professional athletes. There's going to be a 53% increase in the total cast compensation, which consists of base salary, additional performance bonuses. There's a prize pool for the Commissioner's Cup. Uh, there's going to be league and marketing deals um, so basically what it, what it all turns out to is the league's top players going to be able to make over $500,000. Uh, top players are going to be making you know, between two, $200,000 and $300,000. And the biggest part, because uh, you know, we're not just looking at the top players, we're trying to bring everyone, um, trying to make every player be able to have a good living playing in WNBA. The average salary is going to go up to $130,000 over this CBA, which is just massive, uh, you know, $130,000. It's nothing compared to what other players make. That's a good chunk of change and you can make a really good life with that money. And so just this CBA seemingly is, is guaranteeing life-changing money to these players. And I just think it's such a huge deal. Um, the other big news is that they're going to try to go for a 50, 50 revenue sharing beginning uh, next season with the players getting 50% owners getting 50%. That's better. Um, than some other leagues had it before, and, and certainly better than WNBA had it. Uh, Dave, Dave Barry re- had reported that it was between 20 and 30% before. So now it's going to be much more equal between the owners and the league. So uh, there's a lot of positives here. Um, they, they tried to fix some of the travel issues. They did a great job with uh, child care and family care and, and pro- you know, having progressive policies in those areas. And uh, as far as what we're concerned about as fans, Free agency is going to be more open. Players are going to be able to move more. The core designations are going to be um, diminished substantially starting this year and then going into next year. Um, by 2022, we're only going to you're only going to be able to core someone twice. So, as far as for us fans, I think the two biggest things are that free. We're going to have more free agency. We're going to have this Commissioner's Cup, which I'm very excited about. I mean, I watch European soccer, so you get a bunch of you know little cups that that mean stuff to people. So I I think it's great. I think, you know, there's some negatives um, that we can get into in a little bit. But my overwhelming response is just positive and hopeful. And and I think we have to, at this point, you know, I I think we all have concerns about, you know, all right, what is, you're not, they're not guaranteeing a lot of base, much more base salary. The maximum base compensation is going to be $250,000, which is great, but that's not that much more than what players are making before, but it's going to be cash compensation. And they are uh, commissioner Engelbert on the conference call. They said, we are guaranteeing that there's going to be a larger pool of money for players. And that to me is, is beautiful. I I think it's going to be, um, it just shows that there's a commitment to women's professional basketball in this country, a commitment to betting on women, a commitment to this league that we all love. So today is just a huge win for WNBA fans,
0: yeah, uh, I'm I'm here with you, Rachel. I know you're on the West Coast, so obviously you've had the least time to prepare for this with all the news coming in. <laughs> so no no worries yeah. if you if you're not going to list all these key details like Gabe did, because sure. as Gabe mentioned, he was up six, so he obviously had a jump start on all this. But give me your initial thoughts on this. What what are you feeling these days?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I mean, following this as closely as we have for so long, and. Obviously, the couple of extensions that had been into place, I've I've really had my finger on that pulse quite a bit. So, um, you know, understanding there was about a, a day and a half left before this was announced, I think we all knew it was coming out. Um, and, and, and honestly, I mean, this is just a huge day. I mean, this is an incredible day. I think this is a day that we're going to look back on years from now, you know, and really celebrate because this is a process. And I think anybody who really has spent time in the WNBA and has understood the makeup of this landscape. One, you have a lot of, um, you know, you're really proud you know, of what the WNBA is and and its existence, but we all can agree that that CBA and a lot of the rules that have been in place have been extremely dated. And honestly, it's hard to even think back to what they were after seeing some of the, the the details of the new agreement, because it's hard to believe that there were things like, um, you know us us trying to negotiate things like maternity leave you know and and what does that mean and, and can a player still be paid even if you know they're on maternity leave like like the fact that we're having these conversations and you know 2020 now is just is, is crazy to me but at the end of the day just like Gabe said I you go through this list um and you can tell that you know Commissioner Kath, Kathy Engelbert um this um you know this committee everybody who Tried so hard to find a common ground on this. You can tell that it has been deeply thought out. Um, they've really spent a lot of time working on this. And you know, like 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 Gabe mentioned, the the travel elements. You know, we are completely delusional if we think that you know the players in the WNBA are just going to automatically start flying privately. It's just not going to happen. You know, so there has to be some parts of this that as. Um, fans and, and your common ev- average everyday person understands are, are just not going to happen right now. It might happen, you know, in a playoff like it did last year a little bit, or you might be able to have those types of experiences here and there. Um, but being able to, you know, um, bump up seat status from economy to, you know, a premium to allow more leg room, you know, to allow a little bit more accommodations for these players, you know, individual hotel room accommodations for every player. You know, we're we're potentially talking about situations where players are sharing hotel rooms. I don't know how often that was happening before, uh, but it obviously was just to guarantee that each player is going to have privacy and their own room to themselves. And, and I mean, that that's that's just important. And, and the fact that we're even talking about that seems crazy. Um, you know, and then, you know, the, the I talked about the maternity leave element of this is is a very, very important subject (laughs) right now, this day and age. And and a lot of these players, I know this was such an important um, topic for them. And so to go through this with a fine-tooth comb comb and really um, increase this, I think for me as a woman, is, is one of the biggest wins that comes out of this. Um, you know, free agent free agency elements we talked about, but you know, the pay and and some of these things that, that are gonna go into a place obviously aren't going to be able to go into effect right away. It's not like all of a sudden we're sitting here and okay, everybody's gonna make this now. Um so I think for me, I'm extremely excited. I think it's wonderful. You can tell that Commissioner Kathy Engelbar, everybody involved in this really is committed. Um, at at the expansion and the growth of the WNBA, which is what we all want. But now I I think it's important as the conversation continues to celebrate it. But also I want to ask the questions of, well, how is this going to happen? And most importantly for me, why weren't we doing this before? (laughs) You know, like one, where's where's this money coming from? Where has it been? What's going on? How are we generating this revenue? And why was it as low as it was from the beginning? And obviously we're going to have a ton of time to talk about that. A lot's going to be written on that. Uh, but at the end of the day, you asked my my initial reaction, and I'm just thrilled for everybody.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think I I, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer um, or or whatever it is, but I I'm excited, but I'm cautiously excited. Um, I the way I look at it from a very like negative crotchety old man's point of view is okay. So we know this was a negotiation between the players and the owners slash the league who won. Because there's always a winner and there's always a loser. Obviously, both sides publicly are going to say that both sides won and that they found a great agreement. I, don't, I'm, I just don't view it like that. Obviously, I think one person got a little bit better out of it. My initial reaction, seeing all the information, was the players got the better hand of it. Uh, they kind of called the league and the owners bluff of that you don't have the money to give us more money or you don't have the ability to give us these added benefits – when clearly there is that ability to do it. So, that, I mean, that's that's my first takeaway. Obviously, the key point is salary is much, much better. I mean, what Gabe was talking about earlier, the the average salary is going to be higher than the highest paid player was getting for at any point in the W. Um, so that is obviously a huge thing. A, a few concerns of mine are some of the better changes to free agency and, and contracts and such like that aren't going to kick in until, you know, the 2021 or the 2022 or the 2022 season. Um a lot of twos there I'm getting confused. But so I mean that's kind of my biggest concern is okay, are we almost putting the carrot in front of the what is it? the the bunny so the bunny will chase the carrot or are we actually going to see that? Again, I I'm just like a negative person when it comes to that type of stuff. But I I do think there are some interesting aspects. Obviously, um the I don't know what they're calling it, but like the motherhood or the parental additions to the CBA are great. I think having, you know, a two bedroom apartment for the players with kids is amazing. Having a breastfeeding space is amazing. Uh, My only concern, and I hate to be that person to say it, but now that we're giving players with maternity leave full salary, how will that affect the salary cap? How is that going? Again, I fully agree and think that they should be getting full salary, but I didn't see anybody talk about the topic of how that affects the salary cap and how that's going to affect the building of teams. Um, and, and that's just something from a on-court salary cap GM hat that I'm concerned about. Um, but, that, but I mean, that's my, my basic reaction. I, I'm, I'm very weary to jump on board and get all excited. Um, Gabe, what are your main concerns of the current CBA?
1: Um why well, I think you brought up a good point with the maternity leave. Um to me the biggest issue is that there's no minimum set. So um you know we had this problem with Skylar Diggins-Smith that she felt that she was being rushed back to to play and that she wasn't given as much time as she needs to and I think um someone asked on the conference call with uh, Commissioner Engelbert is how long how long is maternity leave and she said as long as the player needs which one hand is great because some people need more or less time than others. On the flip side, I'm concerned if there's not a minimum, teams are going to get antsy and teams are going to push people back to to play when they're not um, ready or they you know don't want to. Um, I think there is a question about the salary cap, but to me that's that's much more easily handled. than saying you know if you're on maternity leave, you don't count towards salary cap. I think that's easy. Our, the season is uh, expanding slightly; it's going from 34 games to 36 games. I'm not sure if that includes the new Commissioner Cup games. I think it will. Um, so, you know, it, it's not like we have this very long season that maternity leave could um, could could really affect if you're just not on the salary cap. So to me, the, the salary cap issue is less as important as the fact that some, play, some teams may want to rush back players. Um, the other thing I'm concerned about is what I mentioned at the beginning was um, that all of the bigger, the, the nice things that they said about compensation and all of this is – Uh, somewhat dependent on bonuses and marketing. And if you're participating in those things, and that's great. Um, But someone asked the question on, on this conference call, if a player just wants to play basketball, say someone is just, just wants to play in the WNBA, are they going to miss out on, you know, $150,000 because they don't want to do the marketing things for, for the league, which, you know, we, we would love to have every player want to be, you know, front and center for the league and be a, be an ambassador. That's not what every player wants. So I, I don't want you know someone to make less money because they are not they are not willing to do those sorts of things and they just want to play basketball. Um, another concern that I had uh, is the travel. I don't think the travel problems were um, sufficiently addressed. To me, I mean, obviously, you know, it, it's like what Rachel said. Like we're not going to just suddenly start flying charter planes all the time. Um, especially when they're do- when they're putting more resources to uh, compensation and to childcare and to maternity leave and family planning. Um, th- those resources will naturally have to be taken away from travel, but it-, it doesn't solve the problem of when you're flying commercial flights are gonna get canceled. So when that happens, what is the fallback? I think I saw someone on Twitter, uh, I-, I don't remember who, but someone mentioned that uh, teams can now pay for charter flights when it's necessary or when they need it. But I don't know if that's just for, you know, players who may be going somewhere for, for another obligation and coming back in a week or whatever. So I'm concerned about that. I don't, I don't think the travel um, has been sufficiently addressed. And, um, you know, I, I think free agency to me, the, the biggest problem was not the – I mean, the core designations really, you know, it, it does kind of suck. But however, most big players – like to stay on their current teams because they built something there. That's why they become great players there. So, uh, you know, the, my bigger concern was the reserving of younger players. So when you come into this league um, in the first three years, you can only negotiate with the team that you are playing with. If they decide for whatever reason that they don't want to resign you, you cannot negotiate with a different team. So I'm, I'm very intrigued at what they will do with that system in the CBA, remember we don't have the full text yet, and this has not been approved by the WNBA Board of Governors. It has been approved by the Players Association, but it has not been approved by the Board of Governors. So I, I'm just in, I'm I'm interested to see what they're going to do with that because to me that was a bigger problem. It seems like this CBA is geared toward uh, making the best players have more money and, and giving them the notoriety that they really deserve, um, but. I'm just concerned about what it's doing to the sort of bottom uh, of this group of players and the rookies and, you know, players coming from overseas. How, how is it going to affect them? And that's something that we don't know. Um, and I think if that was something that was overwhelmingly positive, we wouldn't know. So those are my concerns. Um, but, however, you know, it, it's uh, – I, I, I wrote an article that will be out hopefully today or tomorrow um, that this is much closer to the best-case scenario than to the worst case scenario, and that's that's a big win for all of us, for the WNBA, for the players, and you know we will have to see how it all affects how everything is um, affected, and also how long this agreement actually goes because it was announced for eight years, but is there an opt out if things change that this league starts to make more money? How how will that affect it? So um, we have concerns, um, but overwhelmingly positive right now.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, the the big thing when it came to free agency that stuck out to me was them adjusting uh pl- like the the prior agreement was basically free agency period, um, like you were talking about, but they have shifted it so it we'll be one less year of service. So basically, uh it used to be you had to have five or more years of service. Uh, I believe now it's going to be reduced. Um, the other cool thing that I think is the reduction of numbers that you can receive the core designation. We obviously know that is going into effect with the beginning of the 2020 season. So that's interesting. That will affect current free agency, uh, which is something I know we've talked about briefly on the pod. We've also talked about it in articles on the website. And, and um, that's something that I think is very key that yes, we can know like, Oh, this is an unrestricted free agent. This is a restricted free agent, but knowing the amount of core designation that each player has had, Definitely hardcore, hardcore affects that ability. Something else that's interesting to me um, that I'm curious to learn more about is really trying to word this in a political sense. um, How is the league with this new CBA going to be more transparent when it comes to contracts and when it comes to the finer details of what's going on? Because uh, anyone who follows the league knows there is a an element of fog around certain things. You know, every time a WNBA contract is signed, heck, today, uh, Katie Smith, as we originally reported at Windsider, uh, signed to the Minnesota Lynx to be an assistant coach there. Uh, seems like through their presser, uh, just a little tangent, that she will be the lead assistant, which seems to indicate that Shelly P will be going to New York. Uh, you should check out that podcast because we do blatantly ask. Uh, Walt Hopkins, whether or not you will be joining New York. So check that out uh, to get a little bit more information on that. But point is, in that presser, you saw them say, per the terms of the team or the league or whatever it is, details on the contract have not been announced. And I would really like to see the league start shifting towards, okay, maybe we're not going to talk about the amount of money they're getting. Fine. Maybe we'll give it a range. Like, there has to be a, 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 a good in-between where they can talk to us about the contracts being signed excuse me, without, you know, divulging too much information that they find inappropriate. Um, so I I would like to see that. Um, Rachel, talk to me. What are, what are your big concerns?
2: I'm very curious to see how this is going to impact uh, the players making decisions to go play overseas. Um, this, this is a big deal um, in terms of, um, you know, not missing training camp and, and needing to be present with that. You know, so how will this trickle down, that increase in salary um, trickle down to players making decisions to stay stateside um, or opt out of playing professionally overseas? I think, you know, big picture wise, your your hope is that, you know, you, you do have more uh, more women who are making the decision to stay here, get involved in coaching, you know, further increase other aspects of their career instead of running their bodies down playing Year round, um, and and kind of that that mental and physical toll that that we have seen for so long, um, you know they they literally go straight from Russia, Turkey, wherever it may be, straight into the beginning of the WBA season. And Once that's done, they're they're going straight back over. So that has been a grueling aspect of professional women's basketball for a long time, and that's a huge part of the women's basketball culture. So for me, I am very curious to see how this really impacts overseas play, how this impacts the top clubs over there um, and their incentive to do, do, they combat that and try and pay more? Um, I, this is going to have a, a big, big trickling down effect uh, when it comes to um, just overseas and, you know, players deciding to take a season off from being in Europe. Um, so I'm that, that, that for me is my biggest question mark. I, I know it's very hard to go over there and spend, you know, five, six, seven months, away from your families and in a completely different culture. Um, but that—that that is how they have made the bulk of their salaries for so long. Um, so that, that for me is a big question mark. Uh, that's something that I think is going to be very interesting as we see this kind of go into effect the next few years.
1: Yeah, so I just want to respond to that. Um, so, uh, yeah, so what Rachel's saying is 100% true, but uh, in the conference call, uh, Commissioner Engelbert did Bring up that they're going to have um they're going to like taper that process of, of having to come back um and uh of having to come back to training camp if you're a younger player. So I, I think that is meant to um help both European players and rookies who are making less money um and just the younger players who are all making less money in order to uh help like ameliorate the effects of that and allow them to play overseas if they would like and certainly for the, Euro- the European players, allow them to stay home because I think that's a very big deal for them. So I just wanted to you know, clarify that they, they do have that in mind, but it is a huge question as to what's going to happen to overseas basketball.
0: Sorry, I had my there mic There he is. Um, no, I, 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 I completely agree. Um, I think initially it definitely comes off as like a, a shot across the bow towards overseas basketball, um, but there is an element of after you got to read up on it more and you hear the interview – Uh, with Kathy and you kind of go, okay, I get it. Like it's not as aggressive as we think, but there is an element of almost that overseas basketball has had the ability and the power to not necessarily strong arm the W, but kind of dictate a lot more of what goes on in the world of women's basketball. And this is kind of a statement from the league, at least in my opinion, to say, we know that we are the best league for women's basketball in the world and we know that yes there's many elements and things that go on overseas that maybe we're not at the level of being able to pay our players that or whatever it may be but we're saying that we're putting our foot down and we're going to get back into the game of dictating how this works for the whole league. Um Rachel game any final thoughts about the CBA?
1: Uh yeah. Yeah, I got final thoughts. Uh we're good. I mean th- this is this is uh we're at the starting line now and I think like we mentioned, you know, We have our concerns. We have the things that we're worried about, but at the same time, like we are now at the starting line for this new CBA, for this new era of women's basketball, and we are ready to take off. Hopefully, this uh, free agent period is going to be, you know, crazy, and we'll have a ton of stuff to talk about, and we'll be doing a lot more of these emergency podcasts. Um, But you know, it's just it's a great day for the fans, the league, the players, Um, and hopefully, we'll as we get more. Um, as we get more details, you know, we'll be able to delve more into, you know, our concerns and see if those have been addressed in UCBA. Uh, but man, just like, what a day we woke up not knowing, you know, we were all, we were all in our group chat, uh, last few days, wondering when this was going to happen, speculating when it's going to happen, when it's going to be announced, what, what do we know? Um, and to just have it come out. So, you know, almost suddenly. Um, is great and and so i'm very i'm very happy for the league proud of the of being a part of this league and um really just want to like shout out to all the people who did a lot of hard work to get to get us to this point where we have a new cba that the players and the league can be proud of and we're not you know we're not just talking about how little uh sue birds making it anymore we're going to talk about you know we're going to talk a lot more about what Sue Bird is doing on the court and what she's doing off the court in a more positive way.
2: Yeah. I mean, Gabe, that was fantastic. Everything you said, I, I I think, you know, we spend so much time complaining or, or challenging or asking questions. And I think a lot of people do that in an effort for growth. And a lot of people do that because they want to see growth. They want to see better uh, for the WNBA. They want to see better for women. Um, And I think, before we start kind of critic not criticizes, but, you know, d- diving into it so much and, and really understanding, you know, th- this is not going to be foolproof. There's this this is not going to be a perfect, a perfect scenario for everybody involved. But this is a huge step. You know, this is a new era. This is a new time frame uh, where, where we can celebrate further growth in a league that has had as much criticism and has had to fight and scrap and claw for every single thing that it has got you know from the beginning of the, this 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 league in 1997 to where we are today this is a monumental day this is monumental growth it continues just to kind of show that the projection of this league and um the 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 equality for women and and the fight for women you know is, is worthwhile you know and and we're we're getting somewhere so i think for me i just <clears throat> i know that we have a lot of time to kind of pick apart the 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 good the negative the the side effects you know things that maybe we haven't even been able to to, to talk about but there's time for that uh, today I just want to celebrate you know this this is a big day um, we're we're talking about something so positive we're talking about growth we're talking about something that the players are um, very proud of, you can tell, and, and they're very excited about. And uh, I just want to echo that as well, because again, we, we spend so much time being, being negative and really criticizing things. I just, I want to spend some time being so positive about it. So I'm happy. I'm excited. Um, I can't wait to see the long-term effects of this and, and the long-term growth. And I think we've got the right pieces and the right leadership in place to make sure all that takes place.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And, uh, that's, uh, yeah, It's an exciting time for the W, and I'm excited to see what the next steps are and uh, to see everyone's reaction, kind of more deep dives into it. And, and obviously, we're going to see a lot more, not exposés, but articles explaining and breaking down all the ins and outs of it, and I encourage that, I welcome it, and I'm excited for it. As we always say, we believe the players of the W and its community deserve the same in-depth analysis and respect that men's sports receive on a daily basis. Please consider joining our Patreon community to help support us in the hard work that we do.